0: Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that. But there, you see the difference, Milwaukee Negative and Detroit. 50. <laughs> Katie George from Louisville, Kentucky, asked or tweeted out. She said it'll be minus fifty windshield tomorrow. <laughs> okay, well, just just turn I don't the wipers on. This guy. Just, just <laughs> what turn, what is he just turn wind... the wipers on high, right? Then you take care of that. I have an explanation, Katie. It's wind chill. Yeah, I know it's wind chill now, guys. I thought it. <laughs> I don't even want to explain myself. <laughs> I thought it was windshield factor because I thought maybe they're—I don't even want to say it on TV. Well, they do have sensors on windshields that—that's what I thought. Thank you. I thought the windshield would be colder than maybe the (laughs) air outside because it's glass and it's frozen. Way back, get up, get out of here, go! Rainbows high and. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. One of many highlights from last night's 115-105 Milwaukee Bucks win. Yeah, they played great. They won by 10 and they bounced back after the loss to OKC. But hearing Katie George and Jim Pashki and Marcus Johnson talk about the wind shield versus the wind chill. We are in a fascinating time and place right now in Wisconsin with our weather. And I, I don't want to inc- exclude our, our listeners over in Minnesota and down in Iowa as well. It is nasty. So wherever you are listening, however you're listening, maybe I know a lot of places are closed down today. Uh, not a lot of bodies here in the building at Midwest Family Broadcasting and at WKTY, so the show goes on. I am here, uh, and we are broadcasting, but if you maybe got the day off because of cold, maybe you're not driving home like you normally would. Maybe you're sitting at home uh, with a nice, warm uh, Tom and Jerry or a brandy. If that's the case, thank you for tuning in, uh and hopefully... Hopefully things will get back to normal, but things uh, were normal for the Bucks last night one fifteen to one hundred five. It is the normal that is the new normal for this Bucks team in two thousand eighteen, or I should say two thousand nineteen. Now to not lose two games in a row, they are thirty six and thirteen, and they have yet to lose two games in a row. Last night, bouncing back, like I said, after that OKC loss one fifteen to one hundred five was the final score. And and last night's game, if you watched it, I don't think it was entirely all that impressive. I, I don't. They looked almost to be in cruise control mode, I thought, in the fourth quarter, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it didn't look like the nose to the grindstone, every dribble matters, every possession matters, it has to be perfect, because last night it wasn't perfect for the Bucks. they were missing Malcolm Brogdon, who, if you watch his Bucks team with any sort of consistency, you know that he is maybe not an all-star, maybe not an all-NBA player, but definitely some glue, and definitely the glue that holds a lot of these pieces together. Tony Snell had to step up in big minutes. Eric Bledsoe had his minutes dialed back a little bit last night. Uh, he had a little bit of a hand thing going on in the first half. So they had a lot of minutes from Pat Connaughton, a lot of minutes from Tony Snell, and they were able to win nonetheless on the road and sweep the series, uh, the season series for the Detroit Pistons. And, and I feel like we have beat this dead horse over and over again. And maybe it's to the point now where the horse is no longer dead, but it's, it's frozen as well. It's not just about the Bucks' record. They're 36 and 13. You have to look a little bit deeper. Because how often in baseball, or or in the NBA, or heck, even the NFL. I mean, you see this in every sports league, where some team. I know it's really really trendy in the NFL to look at Andy Reid. uh, and, And always point out Andy Reid in this fashion. Where there's some teams that are great in the regular season. And they can win and win and win. Over and over again in the regular season. But as soon as the playoffs hit. As soon as some late game, meaningful matchup happens. Late season, you know, you get into March. And you start not only uh, fighting for postseason wins and losses, but before the postseason, you're, you're fighting for seeding. Things just mean more. Everything is under a microscope. What teams are going to stand up? What teams are going to keep winning ball games and keep having success late in the year? Now, there's there's many teams that could go 36 and 13. I'm not downplaying the Bucks' record. It is tremendous, and it does lead the NBA wins and losses wise. But but there's these things that we notice with the Bucs team that are impressive past the wins and the losses. And that's things like the Bucs, like I said, they're they're 36 and 13. They have yet to lose back to back games. That is incredible in and of itself. Now, that's probably not a trend that's gonna last all year, but it tells you something about these players and about this coach and the way that they communicate and interact. When the Bucks do have a bad game, and by bad, I'm referring to the OKC loss just a couple of days ago. I mean, they were in it with a minute to go. Paul George had an MVP performance. Giannis didn't have a bucket in the first half, and they were still there right at the end. But the result isn't what you wanted. They lost. So, instead of allowing themselves to get frustrated and maybe question what Coach Budenholzer is doing, well, we lost on a national TV game. We lost to a really good team in Russell Westbrook from the Western Conference. Instead of allowing that to spiral and turn into a two- or three-game or four-game skid or something like losing four of six or losing five of eight, the Bucks react and they respond and they go into Detroit last night down some of their their more important bodies and, and obviously the depth chart then getting shifted up. Guys like Pat Connaughton were playing minutes last night and Tony Snell as well. Brooke Lopez stepped up in a big way with 14 points. And they react and they respond and they get the win last night. And we've talked about that at length on this show. I don't want to continue to beat that dead horse. Something that is interesting that was pointed out, I, I saw this going around on Twitter last night. When it comes to double digit wins or losses, the Bucks are actually in a, in a really good spot when it comes to those statistics, the margins of either wins or losses. Obviously, the Bucs have more wins than losses. In the NBA, the, the teams with the most double-digit wins are the Spurs, the Jazz, the Raptors, the Warriors, and then the Bucks. The Bucs are actually number one in winning games by double digits. With 26, 26 of their 36 total wins are by double digits. The Warriors are behind with 21. They're five games behind. That is a considerable margin. Raptors at 20, Spurs and Jazz both at 18. The field's a little bit tighter behind the Bucs. And then on the other side of that coin, when you're losing games, when the Bucs do lose games, they have lost 13 of them, what does it look like? Are you just deciding not to show up and are you getting blown out? Or are you in some of these games and maybe you're in a tough environment on the road or uh, as an example of a couple days ago, Paul George just showed up and hit big shots. Giannis struggled down the stretch, especially in the first half. So I guess not down the stretch. Or or your losses like that, right? They're they're close. They're on the road. You're in the right spot. You just can't close. The, the the Bucks have only lost three games by double digits this year. Three. Behind them are the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Nuggets. They're all tied with five, and the Warriors with six. Just another one of those statistics that doesn't often get talked about. It doesn't show up on a box score like the record does. Thirty six and thirteen. Doesn't show up like points, rebounds, and assists. These are, these are deeper things. These, this is almost reading. It is reading between the lines, not only looking at the wins and the losses, but how are those wins and losses transpiring and how are they stacking up? Because sometimes you can learn a lot about a team reading between the lines and not just reading the big letters. It's interesting. It's something that we're going to continue to watch and monitor throughout the rest of the Bucks season. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom. I'm talking text line. I'd love to have a conversation. I do want to talk a little bit of Bucks, a little bit of NBA, because the trade we're approaching the trade deadline and the rumors and the news swirling around not only the Bucks and some of their own and not only some other players in the NBA. You, obviously, we've heard about Anthony Davis being talked about and requesting a trade, but how is it all connected? Anthony Davis has requested a trade, Does that impact the Bucs in any way? The first inclination you'd probably have is no. The Bucs are 36-13. and They're top-heavy in terms of their talent with Giannis. They're deep behind Giannis, but they don't have any sort of formidable superstar power. Certainly no guys you would lump in the top 10 or the top 15 in the NBA. I like Chris Middleton. I like Eric Bledsoe. But they're not Kyrie Irving, right? They're not Paul George. They're not James Harden. They're not on that level of Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're not on that level. So outside of Giannis, I don't know what the Bucs would have to offer. I don't, I don't know if they're trying to put together a package to really, really fortify this team, how that would look. And, and we're trying to connect the dots between this Anthony Davis trade request and maybe how it would connect to the Bucs. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm going to really grasp at straws. And, and to be honest, I am going to grasp at straws. Just trying to figure out any possible way that maybe Anthony Davis could be a Buck. Possibly. I'm going to grasp at straws. Uh, but it might be entertaining to listen to because there's not a whole lot for me to <laughs> for me to grasp at. 608-796-2558, like I said, if you want to join in on the conversation. You can also join in on Twitter at WKTY and at keystroker Uh One is obviously the station account, the other one is my personal account. Either way, you shoot me a tweet, we can talk about it on air. I would have a blast. So I, would, I do want to continue with the NBA talk, and then at 5.30 I want to transition a little bit we haven't talked a lot of Green Bay Packers uh, in the last two weeks or so. Obviously, when Mike McCarthy was fired and the season was wrapping up and, and Lafleur was brought in, we, we were on top of that. We were talking about that. That's There's substance there. There's a new hire. There's his staff being assembled. Well, now it's just kind of all quiet on you know the green and gold front as we wait for the Super Bowl to pass and then eventually turn our attention towards free agency in the draft. We're in a lull right now where... The rest of the NFL's regular season, or postseason, should I say, hasn't wrapped up, and and we haven't gotten to the point where we're talking about the draft yet. Has your attitude towards the Packers, especially the Packers and the relationship towards the Brewers, or the Badgers, or the Bucks, has it changed? Are you not focusing on bigger and better things? The Brewers were one game away from the World Series. The Bucks are leading the NBA with a 36-13 and record. Have we kind of thrown the Packers by the wayside? Have we put them on probation, fan probation? Have we done that? It's interesting. I want to get into that at about 5.30. And there are some news and notes. We got to touch with the Packers as well. It's been a couple of days since we've gone there. So we'll get into all that coming up next. The Wisco Sports Show just getting started here on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hopping aboard, tuning in. I hope you're having a good night and you're making do uh, with these frigid temps and this awful wind chill. 608 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. My grandmother lives in Phoenix. She listens every day. And she texted to let us know that her mailman today was wearing shorts. A balmy 76 degrees. I don't know if I'm jealous. I don't know if I'm upset at seeing that. Uh, but I don't even know. Do we have mail today? God, I hope not. The, the mail can wait a day. Good Lord. Uh, but thank you, Grandma, uh, for... <laughs> for giving us a little taste of what life is like down in Phoenix. We're talking the NBA trade deadline and the Bucks, and, and how it all might be connected, because here's my dilemma on this show, right? There's plenty of NBA news to talk about right now. We could we could hype up the MVP race. Uh, I think it's too early, so I haven't really done that. We, we could talk about the trade deadline. We could talk about LeBron. We could take 15 minutes every day and talk about LeBron James because there's so much news, right? This is the Wisco Sports Show cover the teams that matter here, and that's Wisconsin sports, right? So I, I want to talk the NBA trade deadline. There's so many interesting nuggets. And for those of you who are fans of the NBA, it's this is one of the best times of the year. Because not only is the NBA an, an entertaining sports league for us fans of basketball, but it's also a lot of drama, and it's also a lot of speculation, and it just continues to churn. There's a lot to talk about, but my challenge is, how is it connected with the Bucs? Right? Anthony Davis has requested a trade, and it's a big deal. Not only do players not request trades, it's becoming more common, but it's still not all that entirely common. And there's an interesting situation with LeBron, and, and now we have some more teams throwing their hat reportedly into the mix, and the Milwaukee Bucks are one of them, which makes my job easy today. Well, let's get some background information first. So just a couple of days ago, we all uh, probably familiar with this. Anthony Davis has requested to the New Orleans Pelicans that he be traded, Because here's how things work. New Orleans is the only team this upcoming summer who will be able to offer him the contract extension of the size that they're able. They're able to offer him this new super max, which players can only receive from a player uh, if they stay with the team that they are drafted, right? It's basically rewarding players' loyalty, or if they're there for a certain amount of time. So New Orleans is going to be able to offer him the most money, which is what the league wants, because they want to give these small markets some sort of an advantage in holding on to the players that they've drafted. They can offer him about $240 million. Anthony Davis isn't going to accept it. He doesn't want it. He's letting them know now, basically, so the team goes, well, we don't want to lose him for nothing. Let's trade him, and let's get him out of here before we lose him for nothing, right? So the, the the trade deadline is February. They have Anthony Davis not only for the remainder of this season, but for next season as well. Anthony Davis wants out. He wants to go somewhere else where he can win. And it sounds like, as the reports continue to flood in, that there are more than just the Lakers, who's obviously the the number one storyline and topic to be talked about. And by the way, Dave probably talks about that enough in the morning. Mornings with Dave and Scrady from 6 to 9. So Dave, I'm not even going to entertain the conversation of the Lakers today. That's your job. We probably have enough of the, that on this station from you. But now it looks like the Bucks and the Raptors have also thrown their hats into the ring. At least that's what's being reported by Bleacher Report who was out first with this story. Now there's obviously uh information regarding this from more than one source. Bleacher Report got to it first. And it's interesting because the Raptors and the Bucks are both in a situation right now. The Raptors were in this situation to begin the year. They rented Kawhi Leonard, right? They traded away DeMar DeRozan who wanted to be there and they rented Kawhi Leonard who... I think the, the consensus is he doesn't want to be there and isn't going to stay after this year. The Raptors are in win-now mode 100% this year. And when the year started, I didn't think the Bucs were in that mode. I thought the, the Raptors and the Bucs were on different levels. I actually think the Bucs are in that mode now. The Brewers, I don't think it was the right call to rent Manny Machado. I, we'll never know. The Bucs, if you can rant, rent Anthony Davis, I think it's the right move, right? I, I think if you are the Bucks, you put as many eggs as you can into this season's basket you're 36 and 13 and you it's the first year in the arena energy is high people are excited you, you go you go for it right now you absolutely go for it because the nba uh as of right now looks as vulnerable it ha- as it has in the last couple of years I, I know everybody is hyped on the warriors and i am too but what are the other teams supposed to do just wait for somebody to leave golden state i mean business can't halt you know attempts to win can't halt just because Golden State exists. I think it makes sense for the Bucs to rent a player. I don't think they have the capital to get it done. The Bucs have a lot of talent on their team. Unfortunately, it's it's not organized contractually or position-wise or age-wise to really work for this trade. Because New Orleans, what New Orleans is gonna want is pieces to rebuild for the future. Because by trading away Anthony Davis, they are basically conceding away this season and next. And they are going to try to get stock in the draft and probably lose some games. They're going to dip down. Not that they're winning a whole lot right now, anyways. But they want to build for the future. They're not going to trade Anthony Davis away for another established player to, to come in. It, it doesn't make sense, right? They're, they are stripping it down. They're beginning anew. I don't know that the Bucks have the capital to do that. Giannis is obviously tremendous, and Bucks fans in the Bucks front office should not entertain the idea of trading Giannis for Anthony Davis. Giannis is under contract longer and I think Giannis would be more open to signing here long-term after this next contract is up. So assuming Giannis is off the table, who are they going to want? Thon Maker? <sighs> some people are way higher on him than, than others. I'm, I'm pretty high on Thon Maker. I think there's a lot of upside, but some people don't agree with me, and that is 100% fair. Malcolm Brogdon is great too, but he's going to be a free agent, as is Chris Middleton, as is Eric Bledsoe. Why would New Orleans trade away an established star, superstar, mind you, who was an incredibly high pick, and trade him away for Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton, who whose contracts are running out at the end of the year. It wouldn't make any sense. I, I don't think the Bucs have the capital to get it done. They don't have enough picks. The only package I could see them trying to throw out there would probably be something like Thonmaker, Malcolm Brogdon. That wouldn't be enough. You'd have to include another player, whether that's DJ Wilson. I, I Look, I, it's grasping at straws, really. There's not a whole lot on this team. Dante DiVincenzo, maybe... Played good early, but he's been hurt since. I don't know if he's had enough of an audition to be worth anything. And of course, you'd have to throw in a pick. I don't know if that's enough, especially considering your other Eastern Conference rival, Toronto, can offer a lot more in terms of young players. They could throw Fred Van Vliet out there, Oroji Ananobi, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam, who's broken out big this year. They have more of the player that New Orleans is interested in, which is the young up-and-comer who is on their first contract, and has shown a lot of promise, and would be great uh, seeds to start rebuilding a team. They don't want established players. That wouldn't make sense. If they want established players, they would just hold on to Anthony Davis for another year and a half, and then cut bait with him at the end of his contract, because that would make a lot more sense. I don't think the Bucs can get it done. I don't know where Anthony Davis is going to go. To be completely honest, I, I it wouldn't blow me away if Anthony Davis doesn't get traded at all before this trade deadline. Why, why would they trade him? Why would New Orleans trade him? And here's the the interesting wrinkle in all of this is the, the Anthony Davis to LA rumors and conversation has become so large and so blown up that they find Anthony Davis for tampering or for requesting a trade, which essentially comes back to tampering. And, and now New Orleans is basically requesting the league to, hey, you got to stay on top of this because we don't want other superstars and other teams and other media members from other markets trying to convince Anthony Davis to leave, or trying to put it in his mind that he should go elsewhere. Why would New Orleans trade him to Los Angeles? Because probably, in the front office of New Orleans' mind, they're probably feeling like LeBron James and uh, Rich Paul and Maverick Carter and everybody else in his camp and in the Lakers' camp probably stole away Anthony Davis from New Orleans. That's probably how they feel. They're pissed. Why would they help? Why would they assist Los Angeles at all? And even if they do trade Anthony Davis to Los Angeles, they're going to absolutely fleece him. They're going to want everyone and everything like they should. What are the Lakers going to say? No, I, I I just don't see a simple resolution to this situation. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a team that nobody expected, just like Toronto was the team that nobody expected Kawhi Leonard to be traded for. I, I, just, I, I don't see a clear path for the Lakers. I don't see it for the Lakers. I don't see it for the Bucks, certainly. I see it a little bit for the Celtics, or not the Celtics, but the Raptors. I just, I don't know if they'll end up pulling the trigger. It's interesting. It's an interesting conversation, and the Bucks may have some moves yet to be made before the trade deadline, or just a little less than two weeks away, closer to one week, I guess. Now you are thirty six and thirteen. You'd obviously love to have a player of the talent of Anthony Davis, and even if they could get Anthony Davis, which I don't think they can, I don't know if Giannis and AD is enough. If you have to throw away depth off your bench and the rest of the depth in your starting lineup, which is what it would take, I, I don't see it. So I don't. I think AD is out on the Bucks. I think the Pelicans are out on the Lakers. I don't think they're going to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. I think they'll take a much worse offer to avoid trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Maybe it is the Raptors. If we're just looking at the teams that are out there right now, process of elimination. I think the Raptors makes a lot of sense for both parties. I don't know. Trying to piece together all these teams is is really interesting, and it, it I I love the NBA trade deadline. I think it's the most entertaining part of the year outside of the playoffs and a couple of those marquee games like on Christmas and you know, ABC and NBC, or not NBC, but ABC primetime games on the weekends, this is one of the most entertaining times of the year because there's drama, or because there's speculation, and there's reporting from anonymous sources. It's fascinating. Anthony Davis wants out, and I don't think the Pelicans are going to cut him loose before the trade deadline. I don't see why they would. Because the money they're going to make off Anthony Davis in the next year and a half, assuming they keep around and lose him for nothing, is going to be much more than whatever they're going to get from Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam, as much as I like both of those players in the next couple of months. I just don't think it makes sense. It does make sense for the Bucks to try to rent a player like Anthony Davis or for the Raptors to try to rent a player like Anthony Davis because rental is not a dirty word. There is a time and a place for a rental and I think the Bucs and the Raptors are both in that position. I just, I, I don't think the Bucks have the ammo to get it done and I, <sighs> Toronto just feels odd. It just feels like, it feels something's not right there. I just can't imagine Anthony Davis being traded by the Raptors. But then again, I had, I had no inkling. I had no idea that Anthony Davis would be traded to Toronto as well. That was also a dark horse team that no one expected. I don't know. What we'll have to do is get Dave on the show to talk about this whole situation. I know we just said we have enough Lakers talk in the morning with Dave Carney and and Scrady, I'm sure, obliges him, but maybe we'll have to get him on to talk a little bit NBA trade deadline next week because there is a lot going on and it does impact the Bucs in one way or another. There's a lot of excitement swirling around this Bucks team right now. We know that. There's a lot of excitement around this Brewers team. We've talked about that at length as well. Here is my question to you. And we put the Twitter poll up at WKTY. I retweeted it at W or at Keystroker Grant. The Packers haven't made the the playoffs in two years. Here we go with the Bucs at 36 and 13. The Badgers look like they're on their way back to the tournament. And the Brewers, this might be the most exciting offseason following one of the most exciting regular seasons and postseasons of my life. Have these other teams, specifically those two teams from Milwaukee and maybe the Badgers as well, surpassed the excitement for the Packers? It's interesting. The results so far on the Twitter poll for me are a little bit exciting. We'll discuss and we'll get into this coming up next as the Wisco Sports Show rolls on with me, your host, Grant Bills, on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolling on here on WKTY 96.7 FM and 580 AM. You can always stream. Don't forget to stream at wktysports.com. And on our mobile app as well. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you're having a good evening, regardless of the weather, regardless of anything you have going on. Glad we can uh, take an hour or a few minutes, in any case, to sit down and talk about some Wisconsin sports. We were talking NBA. We were talking Bucks, and all the excitement surrounding this team, approaching the trade deadline, approaching the All-Star break, wh- whatever you want to focus in on. There's a lot of excitement around the Bucks team, as is there with the Brewers as well. We've talked about that plenty the last two weeks especially with this weather. I just feel myself looking towards the summer and looking towards spring training and Brewers baseball. It's interesting. I was thinking about this when I got into work today and I put out the Twitter poll at WK2I. Go vote on it if you haven't already, although the results are looking pretty definitive already. It has been two years now since the Packers have played postseason football. And don't get me wrong, two years ago, it was a very exciting stretch of postseason football, right? They ran the table. They ended up squeaking into the playoffs and then going on a run and falling one game short of the Super Bowl. That was exciting. Don't get me wrong. Then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt the next year. I think that that injury may have bailed out Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy a year earlier because I don't know if they would have made the playoffs anyways. And then last year, they just completely fall flat. Two years since playoff football has been in Green Bay or included the Green Bay Packers. Have we gotten to the point now where the Brewers, the Badgers, the Bucks, our excitement and our enthusiasm for the rest of our sports teams have now grown larger than the Packers. And here's what's interesting. Everybody in sports radio, everybody who I talk to either at this building or at other stations we have on, Bill Michael says this all the time, Packers rule in this state. Packers reign supreme. Conversation's always going to be driven by the Packers. Yeah, I agree. When the Packers are playing well or when there's anything going on. But in in this situation of the current Packers offseason in which we are experiencing... There's n- there's nothing that interests me right now with this Green Bay Packers team. There's more to complain about. There's more to worry about than there is to be excited about. Don't get me wrong. I think Matt LaFleur is a good hire. I'm excited to see what happens. But that's all I am. I'm, I'm interested. I'm excited because we haven't seen it yet. The last two years are a total indictment of the way that Ted Thompson ran this organization for the final couple years of his tenure. And then Mark Murphy ran it last year. And Mike McCarthy ran it. It's not personal against Mike McCarthy or any of those guys. They didn't do a great job as professionals and now the Packers are left to pick up the pieces. I'm not saying the Packers are locked for the playoffs next year. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. Right now, as the Packers currently sit, I'm more excited about the Brewers. I'm more excited about the Bucks and the Badgers. Now, if Packers news breaks, something exciting, something interesting, that's not them naming their assistant offensive line coach or their assistant equipment manager, I'll talk about it. I'll be excited because it's interesting. There's nothing interesting with this Packers team right now, and it looks like your Twitter votes are coming to the same conclusion that I have. 79% of all voters on our at WKTY Twitter account saying Brewers, Badgers, Bucks are more exciting right now than the Packers. Now, I want to put one caveat on this before we really dig into it. Look, I understand. If the Packers made a huge free agent signing, let's say the Packers sign Earl Thomas. Let's say the Packers, and this is just a, a, a hypothetical. Let's say the Packers trade all the way up to the number one pick and they draft Nick Bosa, right? Something crazy happens. My enthusiasm for the Packers is going to go up, right? If the Packers come back into the regular season next year and they start rattling off wins and, oh my gosh, they look like a legit Super Bowl contender again, yeah, things are going to change. Right now, right now, on January 30th, 2019, my excitement for the Brewers is higher than the Packers. My excitement for the Bucks is higher than the, the Packers. The excitement for the Badgers is higher, I think, only because only they're playing right now. They get back to the NCAA tournament, that's going to be a win on the season. It's going to be an improvement. I might be excited, more excited to go watch UWL basketball or Central basketball than I am about the Packers team right now. 79% of you agree. Just about 20% of you saying, no, Packers are still my thing, and that's fine too. I'm not here to hate on the Packers. Just trying to get a vibe, just trying to get a feel from what our listeners think. 608-796-2558. If you want to expand on this premise and share some thoughts about exactly why your lust for the Packers has lowered this offseason. Go ahead, the five-star telecom talking text line. I would love to have you. Twitter as well. Vote on the Twitter poll. You can tweet at me too uh, to continue this conversation. Here's what keeps coming back to my mind, right? Thinking back to the end of the Packers season, and yes, they had been eliminated from the playoffs, so excitement is naturally going to go down. I understand that. That's just basic human nature and the nature of sports. But after the Packers, let's say, lost to the Cardinals or lost to the Bears, our entire focus was on... Is Mike McCarthy going to get fired? Okay, Mike McCarthy's been fired. Who are they going to replace him? Who are they going to hire? Who are they going to interview? How is the process going to go? Remember our extensive conversations and discussions about is the front office structure correct? Does Brian Gutekunst want more power? Does he need more power? Is there a struggle? Is there dysfunction in the Packers front office? That's what we were talking about. We were not talking about, wow, you see you had a really good game on Sunday? Do you see this young player who's really flashing or this veteran who is really outplaying his veteran minimum contract? We weren't talking about things like that. We weren't talking about action on the field. We were talking about politics. We were talking about the front office and the coaching staff. And that's entertaining because let's face it, it had been a dozen plus years since the Packers have gone through this process. Mike McCarthy was there for a long time. It's not something we've had to talk about. Something that we've had to cover for a long time. So that was interesting. That was something new and fresh. But it wasn't on the field play. We were talking about specific players or specific position groups. A great example, what I was thinking of, let's let's go back to the end of the Brewers season. And I remember because the Wisco Sports Show launched in late August, just as the, the Brewers were starting to ramp up this postseason push and starting to play some of their best baseball of the season. And every day when we wrapped up the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, I would try to wrap it up with, okay, Brewers playing at 6.30 tonight. Here's the starting lineup. Here who's pitching. And we would kind of talk about it because it mattered. That's what I love about meaningful baseball or meaningful sports of any kind. We could simply spend 15 minutes in September talking about the nine players who were starting for the Brewers. It can get that specific, right? Something that happens 162 times a year. A lineup being released for a Major League Baseball team. That's it. And we would spend minutes talking about it. Like, oh, I see Kane's back in the leadoff spot. Well, now they've moved Yelich up there. Oh, they have shot second tonight. Well, who's playing third? Did they give Scope a shot? Maybe they try to get him hot at the right time. The conversations were endless because we were talking about meaningful sports, meaningful play, and meaningful strategy on the field. That's why the end of the Brewers season was so fun in comparison to what we saw with the Packers. Yeah, it's obviously great to see your team win. It's obviously more fun to watch success and winning from your sports team than the other way around. But by extension, we can have meaningful conversations about the Brewers. Who should play at this position? Right? Who's going to... What's the rotation going to look like? If there's a wild card game... Remember in September, this was the number one conversation. If there's a wild card game, who's starting it? Or do they do a bullpen game? We would spend 10, 15 minutes, a half hour of every show just talking about, here's the lineup for tonight. Is it the right call? And coming back the next day, if the Brewers lose, well, if the lineup would have been this instead of that, what would it have been different? That's meaningful talk right there. That's engaging. That's interesting. Talking right now, the Packers hired, you know... Joe Smith to be their assistant safeties coach. I don't care. I'm going to read about it, right? I'm going to stay up to date because I need to be educated. Not only as a Packer fan, but as a host here on WKTY, I need to know these things. But I'm not jumping out of bed at 6 a.m. and grabbing my phone and oh, did the Packers hire anyone overnight? What news broke with the Packers? No, I, I don't. I don't care. Need to know, but it does not make for riveting conversation like something as simple as the Brewers' lineup did just months ago. That's that's where I lose my lust for this Packers team is because it's been so long since we have talked about meaningful on-field performances. The, the week one Chicago Bears game was fun. That was great. We could come in here. I remember uh, I was hosting for Dave Grady Scrady that morning because they were at that Bears-Packers game. And I came in here and I said, how much fun was that to watch Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? How much fun was it to to see him come back in the second half and light a fire under this team and see Lambeau rocking uh, on the anniversary of their 100th season? That was fun. It was fun to talk about the Niners win as well. And it was fun to talk about, yeah, Jair Alexander played great against the Rams, but they weren't winning. We at no point this season when I was was I saying wow the Packers could be a legit Super Bowl contender at least not past week one or two or three. The conversation with the Packers has has dr- been driven by Mike McCarthy stinks. Mike McCarthy is stale. He needs to go. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like Mike McCarthy. Dom Capers needs to go. The the game has passed him by. Wow, Ron Zook really blows. Their special teams are awful. That's what it's been like, and it's been negative, and it's been just complaining. And don't don't. Get me wrong, there's a place for that. There is a place in sports radio and sports fandom on a Monday morning to say, okay, the Packers lost, Mike McCarthy called these plays and handled the third quarter and the fourth quarter this way, what could have gone differently? Don't get me wrong, there's, there's ways to criticize and to break down coaching performances, even in a loss and even in a losing season. Don't get me wrong, but it's not exciting, it's not enthusiastic, it's different. Have other teams in the state of Wisconsin, probably for the first time in a handful of years, has your excitement for the Brewers and the Bucks and the Badgers, the little brothers to the big green and gold Green Bay Packers, has the excitement and enthusiasm surpassed Green Bay? I'm asking, 608-796-2558, if you have an opinion, I know you do, we're voting on our Twitter poll, 80% of you say, yes, I care more about the Bucks, I care more about the Brewers and the Badgers right now than I care about the Packers. It's an interesting state of things in the state of Wisconsin right now because I don't remember the last time, maybe barring 2011, where Packers' excitement was this low. I get it. They have a young, hopefully energetic head coach that's going to inject this team with some enthusiasm and some new ideas. And there's a time and a place to be excited about that. There's a time and a place to feel concerned about a first-time head coach. Don't be wrong. And we're going to continue to talk about all that. But it's all speculation right now. There's no on-paper content to talk about with the Packers. They hired Joe Blow to be this coach. That's great. I don't care. My excitement right now is other places uh, than the Green Bay Packers. I want to continue this conversation as well as, you know what? I, I kind of stepped on my own feet. Uh, the Packers did make a hire. One in specific that's kind of interesting. I want to talk about that. Uh, there was a story both at WKTYsports.com and our, uh, our WIZM, our, our news station as well, WIZMnews.com, uh, talking about this very specific hire. And it matters for us here in lacrosse. Obviously, it matters for the team as well, but it's not the newsworthy, noteworthy, entertaining news story to the rest of the state than it probably is for us. So I want to talk about that. Continue the conversation. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, where's your enthusiasm and excitement falling right now? Which sports teams are you focusing on? That's what we're going to talk about coming up as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show, coming up next year on WKTY. (laughs) Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Hope you're having a good night. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're managing with the weather. I'm I'm not excited to go start my car. I should have started my car at like about a half hour ago. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna wrap up in uh, in a couple pounds of blankets and and maybe just just have some brandy. That's that's the kind of week it's been. Most places are closed down tomorrow as well. If you want to check out school closings and cancellations, and that's information you need right a lot of them being announced uh, already for tomorrow UWL doesn't have class that's one thing i know for sure Lacrosse area school district closed down as well uh you can find all those closings and cancellations right on the front page at wkty also on wkty and on our news station as well wizmnews.com uh talking about one of the packers latest hires this is a couple days ago now uh just now getting to it and we're kind of extending this conversation about the Packers offseason and how it's... The excitement for this team is is really at an all-time low, in my opinion, in my lifetime. Right? I don't remember 2007 and 2008 very well when they made the transition from Favre to Rodgers. I do a little bit. But right now, there's just not a whole lot going on. My energy and my enthusiasm for my sports teams lie in the Bucks and the Badgers and the Brewers right now. And the Brewers... the Bre- It's been longer since we've had a Brewer game than we've had a Packer game. And yet I'm more ready and willing and excited to talk Brewers baseball, but one coaching hire, one fringe coaching hire, because I feel like I've been coming on the show and saying, all right, the Packers got this guy to coach the offensive line, and they got this guy to coach the wide receiver, and it's just, at some point, it's just, do we carry more? Like, I understand, we, we got to talk about Matt LeFleur, we got to talk about Mike Patton, and when they ever, if they ever get a special teams coordinator in the door, we'll talk about him as well, or her. But th- these, these lower level assistant coaches, I'm just like, D- do we even need to know this? Is this something that the average fan needs to know? Most of the time, I think, no. This is interesting, and it's not a a coach per se. It's a member of the front office. Uh, Lacrosse native Milt Hendrickson uh, was named by the Packers Director of Football Operations. That was the position that Elliot Wolf held, and it's taken them that long, I didn't realize this until today, it's taken them that long to fill that role, it's one that kind of Ross Ball and, and Gutekunst and the rest of, they were doing it by committee, essentially, uh, and he has, obviously, UWL ties, uh, he holds a master's degree in exercise and sports science, administration from UWL, he graduated in 1996, or no, I shouldn't say that, he he met Brian Gutekunst, interestingly enough, at UWL while coaching the offensive line at UWL in 1996. So both Gudekunst and Hendrickson taking some similar paths uh, to the NFL, and interestingly enough, both meeting up at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have hired a lot of people. They brought in a lot of new faces. This is one. He was uh, part of this front office restructuring. He came over from Baltimore. So it's not like the Packers were taking a flyer on some local dude. I mean, he's been around. Uh, The Ravens actually wouldn't let him go last year. And now Gutekunst is finally able to bring him in. The Packers have named some other assistant coaches like Kirk uh, Olivadotti. Uh, They're inside linebackers coach. Justin Outen is their tight ends coach. Adam Stenevich as another part of their offensive line coach. It's just like, <sighs> Hendrickson is a cool story as a, as a UWL student and, and somebody who's obviously here in this community and and somebody who's gotten to watch Brian Gudikins to go from UWL to the Green Bay Packers. It's interesting enough to uh, know that there are, well, at least two UWL grads in the NFL now. Uh, not that Milk Hendrickson is now, just like I said, joining the NFL. He's been with Baltimore, but now both meeting up in Green Bay. That's part of their front office restructuring. The Packers have also gone through the shuffling of their coaching staff as well. My enthusiasm for covering this and discussing this here on the Wisco Sports Show has only continued to go down ever since they announced Lafleur, And then they're keeping Patton. And then they they named a couple of... of Like Hackett. Hackett was probably the last hire that I was really jumping out of the sheets about to talk about and to read about. So they hire Lafleur, They retain Mike Patton. They brought in uh, Hackett as the offensive coordinator. Outside of the special teams coach, which they have yet to find, or special teams coordinator. That's really it. I mean, my enthusiasm and my attention span regarding Green Bay Packers right now has uh, been lower and is lower Than it has been in years past, and as I continue to look at this Twitter poll as the Wisco Sports Show rolls on, it it appears like that is your thought process as well. I tweeted out about three hours ago. It's been two years since the Packers were in the playoffs. Right now, is your excitement and enthusiasm higher for the Brewers, Badgers, or even the Bucks? Discussing tonight on the Wisco Sports Show, and obviously people voted on it. We've been talking about it. Seventy-seven of you percent say, or seventy-seven percent of you say yes. I am more interested in the Milwaukee Brewers and the Wisconsin Badgers and the Milwaukee Bucks. And honestly, I think it's fair. Because the Bucks are that good. And the Brewers were that good last year. And the Badgers look to be on their way back to the NCAA tournament. And you got to take wins like that when you can get them, especially after last season's disappointing finish. I just don't know if people have the drive, the lust to talk about the Packers right now. It's a good thing because we got Scraty and Dave talking about the Lakers and the Blue Jackets in the morning. Mornings with David Scraty from 6 to 9. I can come in here. And talk what feels like just about everything but the Green Bay Packers. I want to talk Packers. There's nothing going on that interests me. And I'm glad to see that you agree. So the Bucs right now, or I should say the Packers, excuse me, just trying to round out the very fringes of their coaching staff. They are trying to find their special teams coordinator. It looks like they're getting close. And I tell you what, if the Packers hire another special teams coordinator or a new special teams coordinator, that'll be the first thing that we talk about tomorrow. How does that sound? We'll lead with Packers. Wisco Sports Show will start at 5 o'clock tomorrow, and if the Packers have a new special teams coordinator, we will throw an absolute party. We'll th- we'll pull out all the stops. Sound bites, you know, personal stories, background. Where We'll dig into this special teams coordinator because that's all there is to talk about with the Green Bay Packers right now. Until the Super Bowl is over and the rest of the media market and the media outlets uh, that cover, whether it's national or local, turn their attention towards free agency and turn it towards the draft, we kind of have to wait too. We're not at the point right now where we can talk about draft prospects. We can talk about prospective Packers free agents and and who the Packers may be losing or may choose to not extend. Maybe I should use that word. That's a little bit more accurate. Who the Packers will choose to extend and who not to extend. We talked about that at length yesterday. Packers might not extend anyone. They might let Cobb walk and Matthews walk and Jake Ryan walk. They might let Muhammad Wilkerson walk. They might let Geronimo Allison and Kentrell Bryce walk. Byron Bell they might let every one of their free agents whether it's restricted or unrestricted free agents to be they might let them all walk at the end of the season there's nothing to talk about there we're gonna have to wait for free agency and and maybe the Packers are set they have a a handsome amount of cap space comparable to the rest of their division so we'll see if they're able to pull in some help whether it's at safety like we said if the Packers signed Earl Thomas man I would be I'd be shaking in my boots to get on here and talk about some Packers but it just hasn't happened it's been a quiet offseason Barring these coaching hires, and now that we've broken down the coaching hires, I, well, let's talk Brewers. Brewers had on deck this week or this weekend. We're getting close to, to spring training. Let's talk Brewers. Let's talk Bucks. They're thirty six and thirteen. They're the best record in the NBA. Let's talk about them. And I'm glad that uh, the listeners uh, and everybody who comes together and is part of the Wisco Sports Show uh, five nights a week here on WKTY have joined together. and And you know what? We don't just need to blindly talk about the Packers. We have other sports teams who are doing some crazy good things. And that's not just uh, national teams and statewide teams. But that's that's locally, too, here. I've loved talking about Central. I've loved talking about UWL basketball, men and women's. It's been a blast. And I hope we can keep doing it throughout the course of the next couple of months. Before the Packers offseason really gets fired up around the free agency period and around the draft. So if you haven't voted on that poll, head over to WKTY at WKTY on Twitter, and check it out there. You can find the article about Milt Hendrickson at WIZMnews.com and WKTYsports.com as well. And you know what? Fill yourself in with the school cancellations and closings tomorrow uh, while you're there as well. Everything right in front of you at WKTYsports.com. Tomorrow, I do want to continue to talk about this, this Brewers team and where they're sitting. I know I have downplayed the the reluctance of David Stern to go get starting pitching. I don't think he's interested in a starting pitcher. Well, it, it looks like one of the the bigger arms, one of the more popular arms, the, the better starting pitchers in the American League is maybe coming available. Dallas Keichel has been talked about and, and where he might end up in a couple of months. And now the Brewers, as grasping at straws as it seems, may be interested. They may be a, a part of this. So I've seen a couple of headlines. We'll see what becomes of that in the next 24 hours. And with the NBA trade deadline only... Uh, We're now down into the single digits, only days away. Anthony Davis has requested a trade. The Pelicans may not trade him at all. I don't think they will, but they very well could, and that's going to drastically reshape the landscape of the NBA in one way or another. It's either going to help the Bucks or it's going to hurt the Bucs in one way or another. It will affect a uh, Wisconsin sports team in the Milwaukee Bucks, So we're going to be talking about it tomorrow on the Wisco Sports Show. Just some of the things to come. And like I said, if the Packers hire a new special teams coordinator, we will be there with bells on tomorrow. <laughs> I will pull out all the stops to talk about a new Packers special teams coordinator 100%. So that's going to do it for tonight. Everybody stay warm. Everybody stay safe. Same time, same place tomorrow. I will talk to you then.